You're listening to a Soulfire Productions podcast. Welcome to Wellness Realness, where we get very real about all things health and wellness, physical, mental, financial, and spiritual. I'm your host, Christina Rice, a nutritional therapy practitioner and energy healer turned holistic business coach for ambitious entrepreneurs. And I'm here to help you up-level every aspect of your life. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You can find an endless amount of content from me and join my online membership at christinaricewellness.com. And if you want exclusive behind-the-scenes content and my most unfiltered self, DM a screenshot of your iTunes rating and review to Wellness Realness Crew on Instagram and request to follow my super secret account. You can also join the Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe Facebook group to hang out with other listeners in the crew. Get ready for some wellness realness. I get asked all the time what I think about CBD and if I have a favorite brand. And there's only one answer to that, and that is that I love Ned Full Spectrum Hemp Oil. That full spectrum part is very important. CBD isolates are really common on the market today. And an isolate is a lab isolated CBD compound that's in a white powder form. And it's stripped of all of the other phytocannabinoids that really complement that CBD and provide the entourage effect, as they call it, which is really thought to be behind the true healing powers of hemp. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil contains all of the other active cannabinoids in addition to the cannabidiol, which means it includes other compounds like CBG, CBC, CBDA, CBGA, and those lovely smelling hemp terpenes. The only ingredients are CBD, the full range of other phytocannabinoids, and non-GMO MCT oil, so there are no inflammatory oils or flavors like a lot of other products out there on the market. And Ned only extracts from the hemp flowers, not the stalks and seeds, and they use a very gentle, slow, ethanol-based extraction method, no high heat or high temperature, so you're getting the highest quality possible. Ned's Full Spectrum Hemp Oil has been a game changer for me in terms of improving my sleep, reducing my inflammation, calming down my anxiety, and balancing out my hormones. For any of my clients or friends who struggle with insomnia, anxiety, depression, joint pain, body pain, autoimmune disease, or any issues rooted in inflammation, I highly, highly recommend this. And for all of my ladies out there, Ned's Natural Cycle Collection is a game changer if you're looking to naturally balance out your hormones. If you're struggling with hormonal imbalances that are affecting your skin, your weight, or of course your period, then you definitely want to get your hands on that. You can also check out their hemp-infused body butter and hemp-infused lip balms, which are amazing. But I really think everyone needs to get their hands on their full-spectrum hemp oil. I take a dropper's worth under my tongue every single evening hold it there for about 30 seconds and then I swallow and it chills me out for the night, relaxes me, helps to reduce my inflammation and honestly just makes me feel amazing with consistent use. If you want to get your hands on the best CBD products out there, then hop on over to helloned.com and you can use my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S for 15% off. Again, that's helloned.com and my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S will get you 15% off. Hello, everyone. I'm here with my partner, Crime Michelle. What's up? (laughs) 
Michelle, thanks for being back on the show. Thanks for having me. It's been too long since you've been on the podcast. I know. (laughs) And we are at our most vulnerable state right now. (laughs) What is that? (laughs) It's been a long weekend. We are at our Airbnb in Portland. Mm-hmm. Michelle was supposed to be gone tonight. <laughs> I know I wasn't supposed to be on the podcast, but catastrophe struck. And good thing I was going to stay an extra night because now you have an Airbnb to stay. I would have been homeless. Yeah. So, but you're not. So basically, mm-hmm. Michelle's flight, her second flight, got canceled. So now we're in Portland. One last night, and it has been three days of the NTA conference plus one day of exploring. Yeah. Right. It's just one day. Extra. Yeah. And we're drained. I'm, I feel like I'm dying. I feel like honestly. I'm dead. Yeah. The conference, the conference was a lot. And we have been adventuring and not sleeping as much as we probably should have. <laughs> Definitely not. We stayed up a little too late. Too much ebb and beat last night. Um, but Portland's always a fun time. Actually, didn't our friendship basically begin last last Portland? Yes. Last last time we were in Portland was really when we became friends. We mm-hmm. like hung out in Portland mm-hmm. a year ago, but yeah. we didn't really know each other. We didn't, but we just hung why did we why did that happen? I have no idea. I have no idea how that happened. And then we just became friends. <laughs> yeah. We spent the entire weekend together last year. Yeah, but we didn't plan it. No, it was it was unplanned yeah so that happened and now here we are at the same airbnb um yeah and so we came up a day early to explore the portland area and eat at all of our favorite places because michelle and i like to eat good food and then we went to the conference so i mean every year people always like me to recap the conferences that i go to and some people ask me if i would do a recap of the NTA conference so here we are here we We're go. We're going to recap it. Before we get into the speakers, I thought maybe, you know, with the speakers, we could just go talk by talk. Okay. And maybe give a Let's brief it. recap. But before we get into that, maybe we should talk about what else we did. So prior we, to the conference. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we ate yeah, at a lot was, of places. That was all we did. So I think it would be <laughs> good to recap maybe our favorite places. Okay. So I'll let you... Uh, speak for both of us (laughs) with our favorite place yeah well i think we've landed on the best place in portland is jewel Uh jewel Jewel crafted nutrition delicious you can make your own bowl lots of veggies protein options lattes the best matcha Mm -hmm. i had in portland for sure great aesthetic like very chill vibe very high quality food i think it's all paleo is it not i think it is or I think they might have the lentils or something on the menu, but... No, it's not all paleo. Yeah, and they have the bread, but I got the adventure bread, which is their paleo version. It was dense. It was dense. It was, it was really good. It was dense. Yeah. So the first day we got here, I was like, I'm going to try and do a vegan-ish ex- experiment <laughs> because I knew I wasn't going to be able to eat carnivore this weekend. And so I thought... When when's a better time to try eating a lot of vegetables than now? This is a horrible idea. <laughs> the first Did not day, go well. I just ate. I didn't. I don't feel like I ate an excessive amount of vegetables. We went to Harlow for breakfast. There was we had a, a lot scramble. of kale in the scramble. Was but it, it really wasn't that much? An excessive yeah, it was. It was just a lot amount. for what you're used to. Okay, eating. fair enough. But it yeah. wasn't. I mean, it was cooked down. Yeah. 
then lunch was a good amount of tubers. A lot. And then dinner was, I had zucchini noodles and some other vegetables. But I, by lunch, I thought my entire body was going to explode. <laughs> like, I, it was like I had grown in three inches of inflammation all around my body. <laughs> to tell. Yeah. Yes, I am a witness. Yeah. It, it happened. Yeah. Michelle had to poke me and prod me to see if I would pop. But <laughs> So that was a bad idea. And then I just realized I need to not eat so many vegetables. So yeah, that was the first day. Cultured caveman mm-hmm. is always a favorite, but I think we've almost, we feel like. I feel like we've graduated. Yeah, we've from graduated. Caveman. We've had it so many times that I'm. I've had every single thing on the menu at this point. Exactly. And I'm just ready for something new. But we found a new place called (laughs) Jurassic. I I think it's called Dinosaur, Christina. (laughs) I keep calling it Dinosaur. But it literally looks like a forest inside. It looks like you're inside Jurassic Park. Yeah, you're in Jurassic Park. Like there's dinosaurs painted on the wall. (laughs) There's plants everywhere. The waitress looked like... She looked like the woman in Jurassic World. It was crazy. And I freaked out when I went into the bathroom because first of all, it's all decked out in there like you're in the jungle. (laughs) And they're playing jungle sounds. Like you hear things... It's a full sensory experience. Yeah, (laughs) it was so scary honestly no but it was great but the food was delicious and it's great if you are animal based or if you're paleo like anyone Mm -hmm. can eat there but if you are looking for something that's a more animal based option Mm -hmm. like if you eat carnivore or keto then this is like a must a must a must and i think it's a little bit more creative too yeah like they had this whipped goat cheese on the menu that was so good i've never seen that on a menu before and they had grilled avocado Mm -hmm. so like some really great low carb options for everyone yeah so highly recommend that and then we got lattes all over the place we went to t-bar probably five times Four? I think four. Four? Yeah. It's a good amount of time. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got matches in other areas, but yeah, and Evan Bean, of course, another mm-hmm. favorite. If yeah. You need soft oh my serve. gosh. So excellent. So, yeah. Yeah. And when we went to Evan Bean, we met up with Michelle. Two of the best people on the planet. From Coca Cow. So Coca Cow is the best chocolate. It's the best chocolate. It's the best chocolate in the world. Hands down, every flavor is yeah. orgasmic. Yeah. It's actually like i cannot keep it around because it's so good it's dangerous it's dangerous so we but we met up with them um the founders and they're amazing we love them so much mm-hmm. so that was really that was like one of my favorite yeah parts Mo- of this trip like most of the weekend i was drained mm-hmm. but i felt invigorated Same. after meeting with them they're the kindest human beings on the planet yeah. I adore them. I adore their business. Yeah. I adore the product. I love hearing their story and just their mission to help people. Yeah. And I also just love that smaller setting. I'm just better mm-hmm. in a smaller set, like with less people where I can really like dive deep into someone's mm-hmm. story. It's so draining to me when there's just so many people around and I'm not getting any like individualized, deeper connection. Does that right. make sense? Right. When it's just all this information surface level. I'm surrounded by all these people like you can't really know. focus on a conversation yeah. when you're in a convention setting. Yeah. It's it's yeah. no depth. Yeah. I don't know. I do better one on one and like diving into someone. One on one 
over ice cream. Yeah, one-on-one over ice cream was nice. And that's not to say, I mean, the weekend was great, like getting to connect with people, like seeing people that I don't get to see very often. Um, But it's just like very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So the conference, the way it's laid out, I mean, there's an expo floor, I guess. What is that? Yeah, it's the expo floor. You rolled your eyes. It was a small and (laughs) underwhelming expo floor. (laughs) Okay, maybe we should talk about our favorite parts of the expo floor. Okay, yeah. Because it won't take too long. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, Shop Shop AIP. Love. Yeah. I got all of these. How do you say this brand? Sweet Apricity? Uh, I think it's Apricity. Yeah. They have caramels. They have these marshmallows that I've eaten a bag of. They have these lily, salted caramel lily puffs or something. Yeah, it's almost like popcorn. Yeah, it's like popcorn. I ate a bag of them last night. They're like caramel corn. Yeah. Yeah, they're delicious. Just all AIP snacks. Shop AIP is great. Just as a research, a resource to find. AIP slash paleo friendly products. So if you're just looking to find new products, check it out. And it's a woman owned business. Yeah, woman owned business. Yeah. And then who else was there that that I loved? Um, um I love the biomat. Yeah. I didn't get to use that. I love it. I almost fell asleep while laying on it. <laughs> I took a photo of you almost falling asleep. <laughs> I know. I Beekeepers know. Naturals was there. Love Beekeepers Naturals. Primally Pure. Um, Primally Pure was there. Apex Energetics. There's a lot of supplement brands mm-hmm. so like Apex Energetics. I think Megaspore was there. Yeah, like Microbiome they were there. Labs. Yeah. Uh, Biotics. You know, all the, all these different supplement brands. Yeah. And then that captain soup place that was oh a yeah new that thing. soup was good that soup was really good it was really good and it, i think it's only only delivery now yeah it's only online delivery yeah. it comes frozen yeah i'm trying to think was there anything oh and of course further food i spent a good oh, amount of time yeah, further yeah, food. Yeah. uh love their collagen they have so many great collagen products and uh, like got a ton of those like they have they have clean vanilla and chocolate collagen which no one else does and they have like their turmeric tonic oh, yeah. drink mm-hmm. it's like their golden milk it's so good and it's unsweetened so they have awesome products who else was there i think uh, those were the main like brands those were the main brands yeah there weren't that yeah. many brands no and then we went to see mary from healing cave lady this is the booth that Christina spent, spent the most time at. Probably five hours here. <laughs> so this just blew my mind. So this is bioresonance scanning, which is basically far more accurate than any blood test or urine sample. It's testing the frequencies in your body. So you're holding on to these. How would you describe those little handles? Yeah. Like copper like handles. Some sort of metal. Yeah. yeah. And... Then she's there's this machine, and so it's called a, a Quest Four. It's Q E S T four, and I have my my little results that she printed out in front of me. <laughs> and so she's running frequencies through your body, and you can test for food sensitivities, allergies, emotional factors, just like looking at kind of underlying things going on in your body. So I thought this was so fascinating, and not many people have this. This machine, it's the machine costs like 15 grand or something. And yeah, it was really cool. And I've done so many different types of food sensitivity tests. And 
an allergy test and I just really wanted to try it and it was all half off at the conference. So I got a bunch of these tests done. It was interesting because basically she she said that she had never really seen anyone with so many antigens against food. Like it wasn't that I necessarily had... I mean, I did have a good number of food sensitivities, but I don't feel like any different than other people. But like, I literally had antigens against seafood. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) so, and she lists out like, what should you eliminate completely versus what, what should you uh, just limit? Avoid, yeah. Yeah. So I thought I would talk about, oh, and some of the nutrients. So like, which is bizarre that I was low in some of these, but and the environmental factors too. Okay, wait, let me. Christina did all the tests. I did every test I could get my <laughs> my hands on, and I'm trying to find the foods I'm intolerant to. Okay, so this is what it said for the foods that I should absolutely not consume: cabbage, garbanzo beans, dandelion greens, pepper, vegetable oil, cheese pistachios fish pickles flax seeds haddock beet pulp and then like other some other fish these are the ones that are i need to limit (laughs) peanuts beer more cheese shellfish pecans wait i have a question yeah how are you gonna get all the protein that you need if you can't eat flax balls (laughs) sorry (laughs) So, um, for anyone new here, <laughs> Michelle and I, Michelle and I went to Hawaii together. <laughs> Do you want to tell the story? We went to Hawaii together. This story is way too long for this podcast. We've told it before, but we were trying to buy acai bowls. And it took like three hours to get them. It was crazy. But while we were waiting, the owner of the store offered us some flax balls that were, um, I would say, the smaller than a golf ball. <laughs> yeah, they maybe for a sure marble. Were. Yeah, they were somewhere in between a marble and a golf ball. <laughs> and by flax ball, I mean sixty percent almond butter, twenty mm-hmm. percent flax, and yeah, other. But that twenty percent flax had forty-five grams of protein. <laughs> yes, yes, all the protein that you need. That's what she told us that these flax balls give you all the protein you need. So, <laughs> oh, so Christina is now protein deficient because she's yeah. avoiding flax. I can't have flax, so. Yeah, that should be interesting. Anyways, in other words, maybe I should stick with the carnivore <laughs> diet. I don't know. I'm feeling conflicted after this weekend. Maybe we could talk more about it later. But yeah. So basically, I mean, I'm for sure going to take all those out for a good amount of time. Yeah. I I just think it's very interesting. And then I thought some of these emotional factors that she we tested for were very interesting, like beyond the... Uh, like beyond the food sensitivities and allergens and vitamin nutrient deficiencies so things that are quote bad for me (laughs) um church (laughs) i was like i feel that i get anxiety in church yeah like and this is also individualized to us as people right and then feeling blame feelings of inferiority or insecurity and it says negative energy and then it gave me and And then it said groups. Like, Mm. that's a source of disharmony for me. I feel better, more like a smaller... Yeah, yeah, which is very true. And then it gave me some, like, very specific affirmations for me, which Mm -hmm. is super interesting. So I thought this testing was 
Just so cool. Very interesting. Yeah. Very new. So I definitely want to take advantage of that. Did you find out anything that just destroyed you when you did that? Because you got the food sensitivity yeah. test as well. I did the food sensitivity test and I'm um, apparently sensitive to olive oil. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Which is what I've never done that. Like yeah. everything in. Yeah. Um, like peppers. Mm hmm. Um, most of the other stuff I don't eat anyways. It was like lima beans. Yeah. And-, and so, so here's the thing with these tests, right? Like, so let's say this is accurate. Mm-hmm. There's still a bunch of other foods I'm sensitive to because I still am detoxing from molds or there's still lime things. So it's like, right. this is just looking at the food sensitivities exactly from there. But if you factor in other things that might be going on underlying, then you might have other food sensitivities beyond that, if that makes sense. Like there are other things that cause a sensitivity. So it's not going to show all of those. And also I think for me, having done so many tests like this before, and this is what we were talking about before, like I have kind of a hard time because there's value in a lot of these tests. And I know this is extremely accurate, but at the end of the day, I really believe that my mind and my energetics is like the strongest thing that can heal, right? Any protocol, like it's not going to be as strong as my mind and my energetics can be. Mm -hmm. So I look at these things of what to take out, you know, what to include more of. And I feel like it's a really super helpful. But at the end of the day, if there's something on there that I really want to eat, then I think my brain is stronger if I can rewire my brain to not be sensitive to that food. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I think you also have to listen to your body too. Like, do you actually feel something when when you eat it? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. There's something. It's worth like removing and and trying to see how you feel because you might not notice how you feel right now, but. It's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, fascinating. If you if you find a practitioner who has one of these, I'm like, I really try it. I would do it. I mean, this is really like newer science, newer technology. Not many people have access to it, but the people who have been using it see very strong results because it seems to be incredibly accurate, and all the science is there. Mm -hmm. Like all the science is there, so it's it's really cool and it's non invasive. And (laughs) yeah, non invasive. And Mary was talking about a lot of clients that she has that would go do all the traditional tests mm-hmm. and then come to her just to see if her test would match yeah and it did yeah yeah so very interesting yeah. and I think this also ties back to which is also a theme of the weekend sort of that everything is energy mm-hmm. right and so this is science this is electromagnetic frequencies this is frequencies running through our bodies the same way that everything else is energy and like the first talk of this conference is all about how basically Reiki healing is so powerful (laughs) and everybody should be doing it. It was like hands-on healing and like the power of your energetics to heal your body, right? It's all energy. It's just, I think, hard for people to wrap their heads around when it's not coming from a machine for Mm -hmm. some reason. But like we are strong. We have strong energy. So uh, let's just hop into our our talks. Okay, let's, yeah, let's start with the first one. I'd love to go back to Um, this. So this is Dr. I don't know how you pronounce her name. Dr. Shamini Jane? I think Jane, that's right. Jane, she was fun. She was all about energy to thrive, how mind, body, and biofield science put our healing back in our hands. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Um, I thought it was a very interesting way to kick off the conference. Yeah. We all sang a song together. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was, yeah, that was interesting. But it was a very interesting talk after yeah. the song. I um, liked, I really liked what she had to say. Obviously, I'm yeah, biased. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah. But she told some really cool 
stories, like some anecdotes of people who had basically been told they were SOL with their health mm-hmm. and then started doing energy work mm-hmm. intensively and healed. Yeah, it was like kids cured from cancer. Yeah. 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 And I think really the thing that it made me think about when she was talking that I feel like I don't really emphasize enough when I'm talking about energy healing that people don't understand is it's not magic. You know, it's, it's not magic. It's the same way. If you are going to a physical therapist, you don't just go once and then you're healed. Mm -hmm. You have to be consistent with energy healing, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're going to use that as a healing modality, the same way you have to be consistent with your diet or your exercise or your physical therapy or supplements, it's the same thing with the energy healing. So people will like go to one session and be like, I don't know, you know, I'm not healed. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not just magically, it's consistent energy work, right? Well, and I mean, your energy is always changing too. It's never like you're healed or not healed. It's Mm -hmm. always, you know, a journey. Yeah. So I feel like that was just really important to point out because I think a lot of people forget about that. Like when she was talking about the little girl with cancer Mm -hmm. and how she said she was working with the energy healer for like six months and then was healed from her yeah. was it a brain tumor it was a brain tumor yeah yeah that was pretty incredible and i just and it just made me think of like i think a lot of people don't understand the consistency thing because mm-hmm. they think energy healing is magic and it's yeah. literally it's not i magic. mean it's the same with anything though yeah. it's like you have to be consistent with eating it's not like you eat one salad mm-hmm. yeah. and you lose weight you know you have to be consistent with the exercise whatever your goals are consistency is everything exactly so and she was talking a lot about like so basically the difference between consciousness-based healing and then the current pathogenic model where Mm -hmm. we think everything is outside of ourselves it's you know the problem is outside of us and a lot of this is interesting because i think people like this is what pissed me off about medical medium earlier i was hearing him talk about how you know we can't tell people that their thoughts make them sick because you're just can't blame people and i'm like are you kidding me i see it completely differently i think it's empowering to realize it's like within you Mm -hmm. that you could heal from within you like it requires taking responsibility for how Mm -hmm. you think but like i think that's more empowering than saying hey you're at the mercy of if this drug or this protocol works right like because there are a lot of people who haven't seen results even though they're diligent and it's like empowering to be like hey it's inside of you right like that's i don't know exactly but yeah it was a cool way to start off the the conference i think and also i thought it was interesting i was writing down about the like placebo placebo effect oh yeah and just kind of like rethinking placebo effect Mm -hmm. and i mean if it's placebo i mean why does it matter if it's placebo if it's working right right and also she was talking about studies that um compare obviously uh drug of some sort Mm -hmm. to a placebo but then also comparing someone who knows they're taking a placebo versus (laughs) someone that doesn't know they're taking a placebo and even when people are told they're taking a placebo it still has an effect yeah 100 (laughs) percent, which is crazy yeah so it's just like again the power of the mind and then she was talking also a lot about like the importance of ritual Mm. like Mm because i I circled this because she was saying it's like consistent practice and the ritual that trains your brain in that direction and like that's what gives the strong effects so and i feel like they were all talking about psycho neuroimmunology like it's that whole thing yeah um like this combination like where emotions and health link up which was very interesting i i thought it was a great way to 
start the conference personally. Yeah. So there we go. Okay. There we go. So talk number one. The next talk was so you could either go to Diane San Filippo's talk or Tara Hunkin, which was enhanced positive neuroplasticity through mitochondrial function. We went to Tara's. Mm-hmm. Dan, Diane was talking all about like the right nutrition career path, and that didn't really apply to either of us. Yeah. So we didn't go to that one. We went to Tara's. Tried to optimize my mitochondria. Yeah. So what what did you think about this? <laughs> okay, we weren't we weren't the biggest fans. Um, it was just a lot of science. It was not, not much not, application. Yeah, not much, not many takeaways. Yeah. From this, it was it was a little science heavy for the second talk of the conference. Yeah, I mean, key key takeaways: you need CoQ10 to make enough ATP. Like I was just trying <laughs> to extract things from this. It was a lot of like de- defining what mitochondria is, yeah. neuroplasticity. It was it was more biological, yeah, than anything else. I mean, I think the main takeaways were get enough CoQ10, reduce free radical damage mm-hmm. and making sure you have plenty of glutathione mm-hmm. and let's see what else she was talking about just reducing toxin load reducing medications reducing illness more exercise eliminating any gut dysbiosis uh alternating temperatures like temperature extremes can mm-hmm. be helpful this is all for to improve your mitochondrial health and sticking with a nutrient-dense paleo diet for some people, the WALS protocol or the GAPS protocol, if their mitochondria are really dysfunctional. Yeah. Um, getting enough B vitamins. She was talking about this PQQ, which is... I've never yeah, heard Yeah, I've never heard of either. And she was talking about how it's like a newer research and they think it might be a new B vitamin, but it protects mitochondria from oxidative damage and can actually help to stimulate the growth of new mitochondria. So that was a little interesting. I never heard of that, but yeah, it was basically the main, the main yeah. stuff with the mitochondria. Yeah, very science heavy. Yeah, very science heavy. Not too much to take away. So then we went to Victoria Lafont Jackson, which is all about transforming the how of healthcare. And we went. The other talk was about perimenopause, so we didn't go. Yeah, I'm <laughs> um, interested. So this one was a, a lot about. Just kind of like how to work with clients, I felt like. Yeah. And I thought she gave, I thought she. Very good, yeah, actionable. Very good, actionable advice. tips. Yeah. I wasn't necessarily anything I think like new, but yeah. really clear. But still like good reminders. Like I think it's yeah. easy for people in the health space to kind of get, mm-hmm. this is going to sound really mean, but like get on your high horse. Yeah. And it's like, no, this is how it's done. This is it's how it true. should be done. And it's like, it's a nice reminder to meet people where they're at, mm-hmm. celebrate the small wins. Mm-hmm. Everyone's coming at this from their own perspective and their own journey. So respect that. Yeah. I think she made, I wrote down some good points. Just like if you're a coach, you know, um, and the main point the protocol can't be more stressful than the problem, mm-hmm. which I I totally agree with because especially when it comes to dietary changes, if someone is so stressed out the whole time, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think this is a really nuanced conversation because there are often, depending on the severity of, of the case, sometimes the protocol at first feels like no matter what the change is, it feels mm-hmm. really stressful for the person. That doesn't mean you don't push it a little bit like it doesn't mean you don't start because often when someone just gets started and finds their new routine it's less stressful but it can seem really overwhelming at first and it's about kind of like figuring out that 
that middle ground, you know? Yeah. Right. Like, it's not like there can't be any stress at the beginning. It's like you have to make enough changes in the beginning so that you see a difference and keep going, but you don't want to make too many changes so people don't even get started. Yeah, exactly. It's a fine line. Yeah. And if, like, someone is on... I don't know. I think it's just so case dependent, honestly, because sometimes like, to be honest, some of my most effective protocols that I've done in the past have been like the most challenging for me. Mm-hmm. So I think. Are you a rip the bandaid kind of person? Uh, yeah, probably. You know, like, I mean, my most effective gut protocol, though, was like, honestly, nine weeks of hell. Yeah. Like during it, but I was like, I know this is going to work. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of it, I felt so much better. Like yeah. it was the most effective thing I'd ever done had I stopped because it was, you know what I mean? Right. And right. so it's about like, what is that person's stress? Mm-hmm. And for me, no matter what, like being that sick was more stressful than nine weeks of feeling super uncomfortable. Yeah. It's all in context. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's a very nuanced conversation, but in general, yes, I would definitely agree with that. And then also talking about like accessibility. Like, making things really accessible for people in terms of, like, I thought this was interesting with language, which mm-hmm. is a really good point. Like, yeah. are you making, are you communicating ideas in a way that everybody can understand them to help everybody? Um, also, just, like, sharing information, mm-hmm. which is which is interesting. And I'm like, wow, I didn't realize so many people feel, but it's true. I think a lot of people do feel like they need to kind of, like, keep their information to themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, their their thing. Yeah. But there's more power in sharing it, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So let's see. Information tracking. Oh, scrutinizing trends. She was talking about like having healthy skepticism for any anything that's popular, which I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm all about that. Um, so yeah, kind of just, I don't know, good. Good, good solid. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move on to Terry Walls. She was the last one of that day. Ended the day with a banger. Ended the day with a banger. Good old Terry Walls. Dr. Walls is OG. She's the best. She's the best. She, and she was kind of talking all about, I mean, keto, basically. Yeah. Keto. And is, very specific keto for yeah, the Walls protocol. MS. Yeah. Right. Well, she actually didn't really, I feel like she didn't get that much into the Walls protocol specifically. She didn't really talk about the food. Yeah. So much. I think very we briefly. all know like, the nine cups of vegetables. Lots of color. We know how she eats. Yeah, we know the Walls Protocol, but if you don't know about the Walls Protocol, you can get her book, The Walls Protocol. Yeah, you can just Google it, I'm sure. (laughs) But it was interesting. She was just talking about the the right way to do a ketogenic diet and then also contraindications. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was interesting how she was saying, so if you do, if you use coconut oil or MCT oil to get into ketosis, you can have consume more carbs and more protein yeah and more protein versus if you consume like olive oil as your healthy fat then less carbs and some type of intermittent fasting time-restricted feeding like extra measures Mm -hmm. to because it's harder to get into ketosis with olive oil this is really interesting i've never really heard someone go in depth on never heard that before on those on those so that was that was definitely interesting and then i think one thing i wish she had gone into is she just kept saying for for ALS, absolutely no ketosis. Right, but we and, never found out why. Yeah, we never found out why. So that was something I wish we had some more information on. And what else did she say? She's really like 
dairy free, egg free, mm-hmm. um, which I mean makes sense for autoimmunity, right? Mm-hmm. And because she like her issue with a lot of the ketogenic diets are that they're low in plants, low in phytonutrients, and they depend a lot on dairy and eggs, mm-hmm. which can cause immune reactions in a lot of people. So she was talking a lot about that and how she recommends everybody start off by getting rid of dairy and eggs. And yeah, so she said for ALS, definitely no ketosis. Anyone who's underweight and then anybody who... And I just want to highlight, yeah. she was talking about being underweight as, I believe just as a female, as anything less than 19.5% body fat yes. is considered underweight yeah. and you should not be doing a ketogenic diet. That's important to point out. Yeah. As I was someone who used to always sit at 18%. <laughs> Right. (laughs) And thought I was good to go. Right. So that's very important to point out. And then also she said no ketosis for pregnancy. For like if you want to get pregnant or if you are pregnant. And I... I mean, this is super controversial. I'm not an expert in this area. I'm just saying this as someone who speaks to different experts mm-hmm. in these areas. And it's really interesting for me to hear someone like Dr. Walls be so adamantly against it versus people like Lily Nichols or Dr. Jamie Seaman, who's an OBGYN, who, are, who find success for many patients or clients with a ketogenic approach. And right. so... I don't know. It makes me kind of curious why she's so adamantly no. I think, well, really, because there's no. And here's the difference between somebody who follows research. Terry Walls is so research oriented. Mm -hmm. She's like, because there isn't any research around that. Like, that's unethical. Versus versus other people who have just seen it in practice so many times. Right. Where they're like, this actually helps. Like Dr. Jamie Seaman talks about how, you know, if a woman can't get pregnant because she's so insulin resistant or like her blood sugar is all out of control, like you don't want her to develop gestational diabetes. Like sometimes keto is what helps her the most and it's about adjusting to the person. So I think that's why Terry Walls just says absolutely not because there's no research. research. Yeah. Yeah. Versus there are other people who have seen in clinic that it, it helps for certain people. So right. I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting yeah. conversation. And I like to discuss it because I think people in this space, they get so confused because they hear this expert say this and this expert say that, and they want to just listen to an expert and be like, Oh, that's the truth of God. And mm-hmm. it's okay to disagree with people. Everyone I just mentioned, I respect so much. I don't agree with everything they say. Right. Right? Like, there are certain people that during pregnancy should not do keto. And there are certain people that it's great for. Yeah, exactly. So, it's hard to say either way. Yeah. I think you just need to do what's right for you, work with your healthcare practitioner, and figure out what's going on. Yeah. Because you're never going to know based on what someone said in the speech. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it goes back to, like, being a practitioner and being someone who, like, you don't just hear one person's what they're saying like go and challenge everything you know mm-hmm. and like kind of see every side of the coin if you're a practitioner so you can kind of best yeah and you should look at the opposing clients. research mm-hmm. and look at the opposing you know anecdotes and whatnot. yeah but i think and something that dr walls talked about a lot which is a re- recurring theme not only with her and other people at the conference but just in general in the space is like i, I don't really know that many people who are advocating for long-term ketosis like I feel like most mm-hmm. people now are like cyclical is really ideal. Yeah. I mean, now. Yeah, now. Yeah. Now. Okay. I think people have gotten to a point where, I mean, there were definitely people back in the day that were like, oh, yeah. Keto 100%. for life. Yeah. 
but now I'm I'm happy that there's more people saying yeah. it should be cyclical. I feel like more and more people. I'm trying to think who's like the biggest. I mean, Dave Asprey says cyclical. Marcola says cyclical. Mm-hmm. Mark Sisson. I'm trying to think. Who do you think? Who's like the biggest person in the space? I don't know. I mean, those are some pretty big names. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm pretty sure Dr. Axe says cyclical too. Yeah. So yeah, I think most people now are kind of on that page. Dr. Pompa, like everybody yeah. kind of goes yeah. with that. So there's that. Okay. Then the next day we start off with Dr. Param Dedhia. I have no idea I don't know how, how to, to pronounce that, his name, but he was but great. It sounds great. Power of Sleep. Secret to Health and Performance. This is one of our favorite talks. One of the best ones. Very entertaining. Yeah, entertaining ideas that we're impressed because sleep is something I think we've all heard about a million times and it can be a very, you know, a snooze fest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Forget my fun. But it was a very entertaining and like he presented the information in a new way mm-hmm. and I learned some new statistics. Yeah. Um, the one about if you get six hours of sleep or 16 hours of being awake, apparently you perform like a person with a blood alcohol level of 0.05. So that was interesting. Yeah, he went into like all the benefits of sleep. Did you have any key takeaways from that? Key takeaways. We should be sleeping more and sleeping more consistently. Yeah. And like the quality thing was really Mm -hmm. important. So, you know, if you're getting eight hours every night, but you're waking up all throughout the night or it's just not, you wake up and you feel tired still, Mm -hmm. you need to focus on that quality. Yeah. Well, and one thing that I thought was really interesting um, was talking about alcohol mm-hmm. and how it takes your body two and a half hours to process out the alcohol yeah. and you really want to have that out before you go to bed mm-hmm. right so if you have one glass of wine that's one serving that's two and a half hours mm-hmm. how many yeah. how many hours do you think people yeah no, <laughs> like no. leave before they go to bed after drinking yeah very very no. few very bad for you it's very very true I think also, when he was talking about just, I mean, a few people brought up shift workers and how oh. they're kind of screwed, yeah, which yeah. sucks. But getting into like how the first half of your sleep is about physical repair for the body and the second half is the mental and emotional clearing and how literally like you clear negative thoughts in that second half and talking about how like your day sets up your night and then your night influences your next day mm-hmm. and just that whole cycle and like what you can do during the day to set up for that night, which I mean, I feel like wasn't anything necessarily that new, but I think the alcohol and the caffeine, he also said, making sure have it. What Mm -hmm. time did he say before? Did he say before noon? It was the first half of the day. Yeah. I mean, caffeine has a half life of, I believe eight hours. So if you have a cup of coffee at noon, then it's still going to be half of the caffeine is going to be active in your system at 8 p.m. So imagine if you have a cup of coffee at 4 p.m., what that's doing to you. Yeah, and then he goes, anyone who says, I don't need sleep, or I'm fine with five hours of sleep, or I can get 10 or more hours of sleep every night, that they need to get checked out. <laughs> None of those things are normal. Yeah, and he goes, it's not normal, too. I wrote this down. Fall asleep reading in the afternoon, drift off in the afternoon, sleep on planes, sleep when you're watching TV in the early evening mm-hmm. or sleep in the car or doze off at a red light. And I was like, oh, my God. And he's like, people, that happens more often than you think. And it's yeah, it's honestly scary. Well, and two other things that I think were really interesting that he talked about. Again, this is, this is correlation, so it's not mm-hmm. causation by any means. But 
Um, people with depression and anxiety often also sleep very poorly. Mm-hmm. So there's some sort of tie-in between poor sleep and depression and anxiety. And then the other thing that I thought was interesting is restless leg syndrome. Yeah, we talked a lot about how it's not re- it's not even only the legs. It could be the arms. It could be the torso. It's really like restless body syndrome. Mm-hmm. Could potentially be caused by insufficient iron stores. Mm. Which, in my experience being a vegetarian, I definitely had yeah. restless leg type symptoms when I wasn't eating That's red interesting. Meat. Yeah, and he talked a lot about just with sleep in general, like the different nutrients. So, like, looking into iron deficiency, B vitamins, caffeine intake, uh, hypoglycemia, and then, like, reviewing your magnesium intake, your vitamin balance of vitamins B, C, D, and E, looking into thyroid medications, um, and then, like, lifestyle things massage stretching taking a bath before bed like those can all help sleep a lot and I also thought it was interesting when they were doing the studies of making mistakes he was showing studies about like making mistakes in sleep and how after a few weeks of only getting four hours of sleep it's the same error rate as having gotten no sleep at all yes like I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I feel like I know so many people who get four to six hours yeah. of sleep. It's a sense of pride yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they're, it's the same as functioning with zero hours of sleep. Yeah. So that's not ideal. And just the effects that has on your hunger. And I experienced this, too. You know, when you are not getting enough sleep, your body wants sugar, fat, and it wants it now. And you're mm-hmm. like, you're hungry. You want sugar and fat specifically. And just like having a very tired brain is a brain that craves. People always ask me what health and wellness products I cannot live without, and Beekeepers Naturals is always at the top of my list. If you really want to geek out over the health benefits of bee products, then make sure you listen to episode 206 with Carly Stein, the founder of Beekeepers Naturals, because she knows all the things. But if you're curious about the products that I use every single day, the number one thing that I recommend everyone get their hands on is a propolis throat spray. I use about 10 to 15 sprays of this morning and afternoon or more if I want extra immune support because propolis is the immune system of the hive. It has incredible germ fighting properties and has over 300 beneficial vitamins, minerals, and compounds. This is a must if you want to support your immune system and prevent any sicknesses or just help any sicknesses go away much more quickly. And if you're somebody who travels a lot, if you are a high stress individual, if you're an athlete, if you're around kids often, then this will be your holy grail product. I also like to start my day every morning with a bee-powered hive superfood complex. And this contains a medicinal dose of all the superfoods of the hive. So it has propolis for the immune support, royal jelly for the brain nourishing and skin beautifying effects, bee pollen for energy and a little bit of protein, and of course their signature raw enzymatic honey. It gives me a boost of energy, turns my brain on fire, and just starts my day off on the right foot. And if I need extra brain support, then I will take half a vial of the Beelixir Brain Fuel, which is a powerful nootropic formula that has natural compounds like royal jelly and ginkgo that help to enhance memory, performance, and cognition, and it's totally caffeine-free, so great for fighting brain fog without any jitters. And then I always end my day off with one of my favorite sleep hacks, which is a teaspoon or more of high-quality honey, and I usually like to go with their Bee Chill Hemp Honey, which is their signature honey mixed with a high-potency hemp oil, so you get the chilled-out effect from the hemp oil, plus the antioxidants from the honey, and you're replenishing your glycogen stores, which is one of my favorite sleep hacks. A teaspoon of honey can sometimes be the answer 
to getting a full night's sleep. So if you want to get your hands on some of Beekeepers Naturals amazing products, just go to beekeepersnaturals.com slash CRW and my code CRW will get you 15% off. Again, that's beekeepersnaturals.com, B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com slash CRW and that code CRW will get you 15% off of my favorite bee products. Next was the panel. We were really excited about this. This was Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, Cynthia Thurlow, Dr. Terry Walls, and Lucia Hawley. I wasn't familiar with her before. So each of them talked about a different nutritional template. And I wanted this to be a little spicier. I was expecting controversy. I was, but it's the NTA. They're not going to do controversy. So, yeah. so, but it's the same with Paleo FX. It's like whenever there's a panel... I'm like ready for some fighting, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, pleasant, yeah. friendly debates, Paul yes. Saladino style, friendly debate. Yeah. But there's just no debating. It's just everybody says, answers they it says for their themselves. Piece yeah. And then they put the mic down. Yeah. And I want them to respond to each other. Right. Like that's more they interesting. They only respond to the mediator yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I don't want actual fighting. I just want responses back and forth. Yeah. Right. Because they have different outlooks. So Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, high protein, uh, Muscle focused medicine. Mm-hmm. What does she call it? Muscle muscle centric medicine. Yeah. Love Dr. Lyon. She's a total badass. And then Cynthia Thurlow was talking all about intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. Dr. Terry Wall's ketogenic diets. And then Lucia Hawley was all about intuitive eating. I felt like the intuitive eating was a little out of place. Yeah. Because the other three come with so much science yeah. and so much data backing them Mm -hmm. the intuitive eating piece was all experiential and emotional Mm -hmm. so it felt a little out of place yeah not that not to say that intuitive eating isn't important yeah no but it wasn't a part of a scientific debate yeah it was just like she couldn't really i feel like answer the question the same questions as them almost right you know because it was just kind of a different approach but what did you think of the panel did you like it yeah, I thought it was a really good panel. Um, Terry Walls and Gabrielle Lyon had a lot to say. A lot of people had questions for Gabrielle yeah, Lyon. Yeah, everyone was which so funny. But I thought it was a great panel. Yeah, I'm trying to remember any specific takeaways. Terry Walls didn't say anything new. I'm not sure talk. there was anything new. Like, I, I don't think I learned anything yeah. new. It was more of just a nice overview and kind of seeing them go, go back and yeah. forth and kind of make their arguments. Although, what was that one question someone asked at the end? And and Dr. Lyon was talking about Walter Longo. Oh, looking into... Okay, basically, there's something about the... Like, someone was asking about certain research, and she was explaining how he had vested interests in some of this, and some of the research. And I think Dr. Lyon's just so passionate about all of the lies that have been spread about you know cancer mm-hmm. and it was protein about causing protein cancer. stimulating mt yeah yeah mm-hmm. and there's like so many misunderstandings and it's this is something that people don't like yeah because that's the thing people are like i don't want to overstimulate mTOR and get cancer mm-hmm. there's so many things that stimulate mTOR mm-hmm. and she made a really good point she's saying that's like saying don't exercise because it stimulates mTOR right we don't tell people not to exercise <laughs> right you know so i mean i think that was that was fair. And I think just going back to uh, she. OK, something that was, I guess, helpful was somebody said if somebody has to be vegan or vegetarian, how do you kind of 
handle that. And she said to make sure that they supplement with branched chain amino acids. Mm -hmm. And if they can, adding in a protein powder that's like a beef protein or something. But Dr. Lyon is very much of the belief that you need to get at least 30 grams of protein per meal. Yeah. One pound per gram uh, of body weight. yeah, no yeah. opposite. One gram per pound. Yeah, 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 one pound per gram. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, one. Oh clearly, God. it's been a long weekend. <laughs> one pound yeah. per gram I mean, of body weight. I could probably do that. Carnivore, <laughs> like an entire cow that, per yeah. meal. Yeah, carnivore diet. You know, but you really want to hit that leucine threshold. Basically, yeah. is the is the idea mm-hmm. behind that, and just the importance of she she like muscle as an organ, and it's the organ of longevity. Right. Right. So especially as you get older, you need more protein. Right. And even Dr. Wallace piped in and she said, even Dr. Longo agrees. Once you hit, I think, 65, your protein need increases. Right. So we know this. And with the intermittent fasting, she was kind of just talking about different styles, like a Mm 16-8, a 5-2. And also just I, I liked that she touched on how it's really important to slowly work your way into it and let's say you're you usually fat quote fast for 12 hours or 11 or 12 hours and now you're trying to do 13 hours if you start to you know have really dysregulated blood sugar and feel like crap and have no energy it's like back off like Mm -hmm. something else needs to be fixed right first I thought it was interesting I mean she says you know intermittent fasting works with any style of eating which I mean I agree with it does but I don't think it necessarily makes sense I don't think it's I think it's more ideal to have a higher fat, lower carb approach to make it easier to fast Mm -hmm. because I think it's really hard for people to fast when they're eating a high carb diet. Right. So it's like, yeah, you could get, you'd still get the benefits, but I think just in terms of ease, it's tends to be easier when you have that metabolic flexibility built in, I think. And I don't think I necessarily got anything new from Dr. Walls in that talk specifically after she had already given hers. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was a good panel. Didn't necessarily learn anything groundbreaking, but I really liked it. And I was really glad Gabrielle could kind of say her piece yes. <laughs> for people. <laughs> and the intuitive eating, what's the word, representative? <laughs> the intuitive eating yes. representative explained that, you know, there are ways to be intuitive while also honoring your body, which I really appreciated. <laughs> you know, she doesn't believe in the approach of, oh, you have to eat cake right. to be an intuitive eater, which I think we all know right. I don't agree with either. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good panel. So after that, we went to another panel, Clinical Pearls, NTA Instructors Case Study Reviews Approach and Wisdom. So this was, I think, really helpful for... Would have been helpful for NTP. So basically they did three case studies and of more complicated cases and showed how they would approach those clients. I think a lot of the like the three examples they gave were very like I'm like, yeah, this is kind of standard. I mean yeah. the first one was keto gone wrong. So like basically she needed liver gallbladder support. Yeah. Um needed to start with regulating her blood sugar, pull back on the fasting that was causing issues. Right. And this was like an older woman. A very classic case of like, yeah, a woman who someone keto like isn't working following for a trend yeah, and not really diving into how to properly do it. Yeah, exactly. So, and then the second one was somebody who had SIBO and Hashimoto's, and they're just talking about like going back to the basics, like so opening up the detox pathways, reducing stress in her life, uh, getting more sleep, and 
they talked a lot about the water, too much water, and mm. how that could cause an imbalance in electrolytes and actually dehydration. This person was drinking like 200 yeah. ounces of water and a this day. Is, this is something I see so often mm-hmm. in my in my practice with clients because it's different when you're dealing with like a someone who's very much in the health scene. They think that the more water, the better. And right. I see people in like on Instagram influencers just I drinking four gallons of water right and i'm like you're flooding your cells this mm-hmm. is not good so and it seems like such a simple thing but oftentimes a lot of these complicated cases like if you're a practitioner like really take a step back and don't get overwhelmed and just like what are small changes you can make because those often make a huge difference yeah and then the last case study was basically a wellness practitioner who thought she had everything wrong with her was doing all the things taking a million supplements and the resolution there was essentially a lot of the energy work and the mindset work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we all we all know about that now. So that was that. And then afterwards, we listened to Dr. Anna Marie Quebeco, just keeping balance with the Keto Green Way. So I had never heard of her before. She has great presence. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she's great stage presence. She definitely and does. And great, like... I mean, this isn't the right term, so I was going to say bedside manner, but she calls herself the girlfriend's doctor, which mm-hmm. I can see that. It's, you know, she's just easy to talk to, but she also... She doesn't feel like a doctor. Yeah. She seems like just your girlfriend who knows yeah. all the science. Yeah. So she was really cool as a person. Uh, I thought she was going to talk more about her keto green way, mm-hmm. which it was mostly about changing... Hor- like It was mostly about menopause. Yeah. Mostly about menopause and kind of like handling that yeah and a lot of her product called the jolva which is basically lube <laughs> yes <laughs> lube with dhea in it yeah yeah <laughs> it's basically what it is and then eating keto green which is essentially eating keto with lots of vegetables yeah so she went through different case studies i, I liked how she's connecting the different hormones with different neurotransmitters so she was saying progesterone and GABA are sisters estrogen and serotonin are sisters testosterone and dopamine are brothers Mm -hmm. so looking at when there's an imbalance in one of those neurotransmitters looking at that hormone right um which i thought was interesting and like a really great way to look at it with those specifically like if you're noticing anxiety or depression an imbalance there Uh, oh the relationship between cortisol and oxytocin Mm. um so as cortisol goes down well, cortisol will go down when oxytocin goes up, basically. Right. I think that's a very overlooked. I feel like that's like there were a couple people that talked about oxytocin yeah. this weekend and how how important it is. Yeah, it is very important, it's, and it's easy to overlook the importance yeah. of it. But I, I think it has massive health benefits. Yeah, and I think thinking about reducing cortisol from that lens can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, when we tell people reduce your stress, and you're like. That's well, stressful. Yeah, that's stressful. Like, <laughs> when someone tells you to reduce yeah. your stress, it's like how? You immediately think, yeah, what do you want me to do? Like, I can't take this. I can't quit my job. You know, yeah. that's what you first think. Yeah. But instead of thinking, let me reduce my cortisol, think, how can I raise my oxytocin? Yeah. Because that's, that's nice adding mm-hmm. things in. That's can, who can I hug more? Who can I cuddle mm-hmm. with? Can I pet my cat? Like, <laughs> you know, all of that. Yeah. So I think Schedule that's a, a better, yeah, a better way to think about it. And yeah, those are the main takeaways from her. So then we went to this morning. This morning, the first speaker was how do you say it? Tosca Reno. Tosca Reno. Tosca Reno. I think so. She really crazy story. Yeah, really crazy story. Basically, was married to Robert Kennedy of the Robert Kennedy Publishing 
company. Yeah. And then their son, their son died. His son. Died. Oh, yeah, his son. He, she her stepson. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he later died. And then, yeah, and then her husband died like a year after. Yeah. And then she got the business after he died, and mm-hmm. then she had to bankrupt the business. Mm-hmm. It was a shit show yeah. for a few years. And then in her own life, like, she had this huge transformation journey from being, like, over 200 pounds to being super fit in shape, like, bikini model. Like, she's, like she was competitive a competitive bodybuilder. Yeah. yeah, she was, like, a bikini competitor when she was 40. She was yeah. on stage. Yeah. Uh, she was on the cover of, what is it, Oxygen yeah, magazine? Oxygen, yeah. yeah. And then, like, wrote a bunch of books. I had never heard of her before. Yeah. But... And she made this whole program to ditch sugar and just talking about how that helps, has helped people so much. So more of like a motivational talk, really, and kind mm-hmm. of just like continue to rise up. And I mean, I really liked how she kept saying, like, don't be afraid to break the system, which mm-hmm. is something that I feel like and not in those words, but I try and live by. You know, mm-hmm. I like to do things differently. And I think, I mean, that's the same as like, I feel like Lisa and Tom and your yeah. outlook. It's yeah, like, for sure. You know, break the mold. So, yeah, I mean, it was just... A, inspiring story yeah i would say so oh and i also really liked she was talking about courage and clients and i wrote this down because i thought it was important like what like their first act of courage is coming to you as a practitioner Mm -hmm. and i think really like honoring your clients from that place and realizing that like when someone's reaching out to you and they're sharing their story with you that's an act of courage and so as practitioners we might just think oh they filled out my forms like they're telling me the information it's actually it is an act of courage. It mm-hmm. really is. And, you know, telling someone your whole story and having them really listen and be there, I mean, that's life-changing. Yeah. You know? So I think just really honoring that beginning process with the client and realizing, like, when they're sharing that story, like, honor them for that 100%. courage and bravery. Yeah. So, yeah, that was her. And then after that was our roundtable discussion. Oh, yeah. yeah. Christina was the star. <laughs> I was not the star. I, <laughs> she was the star. <laughs> it was basically like biz- different business topics, and I ran one of the discussions. There was like five. How many were there? There were going eight on? different eight, eight, topics. eight tables. Eight tables. Yeah. Eight different topics, and then there was a facil- facilitator of each topic. So I had content marketing and facilitated that. There was like lifestyle brand, something. It was like make you know, your incorporating. Course labs yeah your practice, labs. all sorts of things i don't remember because i only was at mine. <laughs> so and i don't remember because i was in the bathroom yeah <laughs> you can at the beginning That's so true. yeah i think it was i mean that was super fun for me and i think some of the it just kind of reaffirmed for me this whole pivot i'm making as i'm realizing mm-hmm. oh my god like a lot of people it's just again people who know so much and really like have the purpose, the passion, are able to help people. If they have the right tools, they just don't have the right tools. And yeah. I think there's just such a big gap right now. And I think throughout this conference, hearing some of the different business advice given out, as and I express this to you, is really hard for me because there's a lot of people giving business advice in this space who haven't done what they're giving advice about mm-hmm. or like they built a successful business in a completely different landscape. Right. Right? Like building something even five years ago was really different than mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. Yeah. You know, it's like a very different space. So I, th- and I think some of the advice is a little outdated or it's just yeah. instituting this 
the ceiling on people's income and there's so many other ways to do it. Mm-hmm. And well, and here's the thing, yeah. like we're not only I think we all recognize that technology has changed. Yeah. Social media has changed. And we have these new powerful tools at our fingertips. Um, but I don't think people have really recognized that behavior has changed, yeah. has shifted. Like we were saying earlier, when I first hear of someone, the first place I go to look them up is Instagram. Exactly. I don't go to their website. Yeah. I don't go to Google. I, like I just don't. Mm-hmm. I look at Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think there's, there's a lot of uh, business shifts that need to be made with that behavior in mind. Yeah. Well, and I think part of my problem with kind of some of the advice – in the NTA world is it's a lot of older women who I think are afraid of social media. Mm-hmm. And I kept hearing from different people giving business advice at the conference. Just don't worry about social media. Like in-person is where it's at. Just focus on in-person and in-person is amazing and great and so important, but to build a business and market now, social media is a really valuable tool. Mm-hmm. And I think people are really losing like missing out if they're just completely avoiding social media because they're afraid of it instead of reframing their relationship with it and Mm -hmm. seeing it in a different way. Right. Because I think people look at social media and they think I have to, they think that they have to be a blogger and build a huge following. That's not it at all. Right. It's just using that tool. You don't have to build a huge following. You don't have to be a blogger. Right. Right. Well, and I think for me too, it's just a a credibility piece. Yeah. It's like, sure. if I go to your Instagram page and you have 14 followers, yeah, like I'm not going to take you as seriously. Yeah, for sure. And that sucks. That doesn't mean that you are less knowledgeable, mm-hmm. but like, I'm going to go to someone that has a, a, not, not even necessarily a larger following, but like a built out page. Yeah. A built up page. Quality content. content. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Like showing up. Yeah. And yeah, I think there's a lot of confusion. I mean, I, one of the, someone was asking me, you know, how do you build your following? And this is something people ask me all the time. And I'm like, can we take five steps back? Like, do you want to be a blogger or do you mm-hmm. want to be a coach? Right. Like, which do you want? Do you want to make money off of helping clients mm-hmm. or do you want to blog and get a following? Right. One gives you money and one doesn't. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, well, I think you can get money from both. Well, but you I think can, but I mean, immediately. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, what's your goal? I think pe- there are a lot of nutritionists out there who, like, they think that to become an online coach, there are being bloggers. Does that right. make sense? No, like, I get it. Yeah. It's it's, it's a different approach. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah, you can make money blogging, but it's not like you're going to do that tomorrow. Right. It's, it's like, what's it your end game? It takes a long time right? like, to make money to blogging. Be, to be a blogger is just a different process than to be a coach. But yeah. you can both use social media in different ways. Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know. I think there's just a lot of misunderstandings and a lot of fear around mm-hmm. using it. It doesn't have to be a scary thing. It's just about like reframing it and realizing like it's a really helpful tool and a really yeah. great way to connect with people mm-hmm. that you might not otherwise be able to. And like you can use it to grow in-person connections. Mm-hmm. I've met so many people in person that I wouldn't have otherwise had they not known me on social media and then right. like found me through that. Right. Right. Well, and I think one theme that came up at one of the other tables mm-hmm. that I was at prior to when I went to the bathroom and left the room um, was we were talking about just starting. Mm -hmm. Like even if social media is scary and you don't have, you know, your entire brand down pat, like just start. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not as scary as it seems. 
Definitely. Like, just get on social media. Like, have fun with it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this, like, perfectly planned out thing. And That's that, why it's great. Exactly. It's <laughs> not authentic. Yeah. yeah. Nothing is perfect. And perfection is a topic that, again, came up a lot this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's like it, nothing is ever going to be perfect. Yeah. And that's the beautiful part of life. Yeah. 100%. So that was a lot of fun. Then we went to a talk all about, what was this called? Traditional diets beyond the Paleolithic model with... Tamara Carr. It was kind of like it was culinary archaeology. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what conclusions were pulled other than people were eating grains and bread mm-hmm. earlier on than we thought prior yeah. to the agricultural revolution. Right. But where, and so I feel like she was trying to make the point. I don't know what point she was trying, if she was even or just like presenting facts. But yeah. basically, she was talking about how these people, you know, what I forget the you know fourteen thousand years ago we're consuming bread, but then she's saying oh yeah we found you know how they name these people they find <laughs> these dead people they find dead well, Joe spirit man you know yeah. like whatever their names were I forget yeah um, and and she said you know we found him and he was actually eating bread before he died we found him with with a ton of ulcers and, and Lyme. yeah Lyme disease and I'm just like. Okay, so you're you're trying you to tell us to eat bread or <laughs> <Yeah>. not? <laughs> like, what does this mean here? So that was a little confusing. Um, but and then I mean, she pointed off. I I think in the carnivore community versus the the carby community, the the fight is the the fight is was it the glucose? Was it the starches or was it the the meat that made our brains grow? Mm. And she was saying it was the meat and fat mm-hmm. that allowed our brains to grow. So that was interesting. And there's a big emphasis on eating according to your ancestry, which was, again, came up later. Mm-hmm. But my issue with this is how do people know how to eat with their ancestors? Like, do yeah. we even know what they were eating 20,000 years ago? You know? Yeah, I don't think we, I don't think we do. Yeah. I mean. Or, or I mean, I guess sooner than that. But with the potato thing, she's talking about right. Irish ancestry. And I'm, my ears are perked up because I've looked into this before because I was like, I want to eat how Irish people used to eat, mm-hmm. but I couldn't figure out what they were eating before potatoes. And I spent way too long on the internet and got annoyed. I'm like, <laughs> okay, give up. Cause I don't know what they're, what they're eating. Mm-hmm. And she listed off. She was like, they ate asparagus, blackberries, collards. And I'm like, how do you know this? Yeah. From people's, I guess from people's archeology, span but how is that? I mean, cause she's, this is what she studies, right? right. So maybe she knows this information, but where is this database that the general public, if you're telling everybody to eat with your ancestry, how do we figure this out? I know. <laughs> That's my issue. I know. Um, I also just have a hard time believing that blackberries were yeah, prominent enough in England. I know. I I agree. I still also feel like asparagus. I don't know. Had you heard of the Scottish paradox before? No. She was talking about this today and she was saying the Scottish paradox is how they stopped eating one healthy food and then had a mark, like a huge increase in chronic disease. And that one food was cod, cod, mm-hmm. cod liver yes. to be specific. Yeah. Yeah. That was so crazy. Yeah. It actually sounded really good what she was saying. I they know. would like catch a cod, I guess, mm-hmm. and stuff it. Mm-hmm. with its own organs and a bunch of other stuff and they stopped eating it they yeah. would have this once a week they stopped eating it and then all this disease popped up yeah power of organ meats power of fish oil power of yeah 
Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm down with the ancestral eating. I just am trying to figure out how we make that available to people. The knowledge, Mm -hmm. I suppose. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure people have written books about it. I just haven't read them. (laughs) They haven't been bestsellers. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think Ben Greenfield has talked about one. I should look that up. But I feel like it should just be on the internet somewhere. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Last but not least, Deanna Minnick. Great this is talk. my favorite talk. The best talk of the weekend. The best weekend. talk by far. She is one of my favorite people because she blends Eastern and Western medicine so beautifully and the energetics of food. She like really explains the scientific nature of the like ener- energy, mm-hmm. energetics and food and emotions. She's big on, you know, the rainbow diet, eating Mm -hmm. with color and the science behind that. I think when people first hear that, they think, oh, cute, like eating with color. Yeah. She has a scientific basis behind, you know, what each color does in the body, the different nutrients Mm -hmm. and in each food of that color. And I actually have a podcast coming out with her soon where she dives into that. And but she went even deeper in this talk Mm -hmm. with energy. Did you have any main Um, takeaways from that or anything key that you found? Yeah, there were a few things. Let me pull up my notes. Something that was also interesting that she she brought up and the woman before brought up was that, um, like the health of your mother and father uh, affects you, right? But this goes beyond just one generation. And the woman before said it takes four to seven generations basically to reverse any damage. And she was saying, I think she said three, but the idea is essentially like, it's going to take at least three generations to undo any damage we, we do to our DNA. Yeah. Did you have any, um, there were a couple things. I mean, she had a couple studies that she brought up about, uh, diversity of food, Mm -hmm. which I thought was really interesting, specifically plant foods. And one, I don't remember the study, but one um, thing she brought up is uh, higher diversity in plant foods is associated with lower anxiety mm-hmm. in yeah. women yeah. specifically. So I thought that was fascinating. Um, the there diversity other- was a big thing because, mm-hmm. and they were also she also was showing studies where they compared. They were both groups are eating like 10 cups of vegetable fruits and vegetables a day it's the same amount it's not so it's not just the the quantity but the one group had high diversity in terms of the plant foods and the other had low diversity and it was only like i mean it was not only it was the one with the high diversity that had more health benefits and she was really focused on like an Enhancing your mitochondrial function. Mm -hmm. She talked a lot about mitochondria and specific nutrients that Mm -hmm. can enhance your mitochondrial function. And, you know, she listed out like, what, 20 different uh, disease states Mm -hmm. that are associated with uh, dysfunctional mitochondria, which is interesting. Yeah. And like just signs of that. I think people don't realize that mitochondria is really related to everything, right? Mm -hmm. But like signs that she's talking about inflammation, um, low vitamin D status, low omega-3 intake, um, high CRP when you have low lean body mass, high homocysteine. Those are some markers of mitochondrial aging. And oh, you know what else was interesting? When she was talking about that study where the more beta carotene they gave to people – the more cancer. Yes. That was interesting. 
I don't really understand what happened there. I don't know either. I need more information on this study. The point was like that there is a hormetic zone, Mm -hmm. right? So we talk about like, you know, can, and someone talked about this earlier too with the anti-nutrients. Like for some people they can actually be beneficial Mm -hmm. and for some people, like phytic acid, for some people can actually be beneficial, but, and for others, this is like horrible for them. Mm -hmm. But the whole idea of the hormetic zones is, you know, hormesis is this beneficial stressor, but only in a certain zone. So with the beta carotene at such high doses, it's actually causing more cancer versus in the right amount, it's going to be beneficial. So it's about getting in that Goldilocks zone. Right. Essentially. And I mean, she talked about this in in the context of heat and cold as well, Mm -hmm. which was really interesting. Um, One thing that I really enjoyed um, is her listening to her talk about cold showers mm-hmm. and how cold showers can have massive benefits, but the benefits don't increase the longer you're in the shower. Mm-hmm. You still see the same benefits if you're in the cold shower for 10 yeah. seconds or five minutes. I think 10 seconds might have been the minimum, but I think we can all do that for 10 seconds. Yeah, I was glad to hear that. And then, <laughs> you know, she talked about keto and she talked about the Nordic diet, which I'm not like super well versed in the Nordic diet. Yeah, I don't know about this. Um, but I mean, it includes rapeseed oil. So basically, the Nordic diet includes native berries, cabbage, native fish and other seafood, wild and pasture fed land based animals, rapeseed oil, oat, barley, rye which is interesting. Um, and then she talked a lot about like what's what makes up a healthy keto diet and that was having a low toxin load, a balanced net dietary acid load, moderate carbohydrate intake, not too low. So she was saying 60 to 80 grams of carbs, having adequate phytonutrients and green vegetables, high quality proteins, healthy fats. Yeah, so yeah. her moderate... Her moderate carbohydrate intake, I think, was interesting. And she emphasized coconut oil as well. She also talked a lot about eating with light, which mm-hmm. I love always, eating seasonally, mm-hmm. the importance of that as well, and how different plants have different, like, properties at different times, like, affect mm-hmm. our bodies in different ways at different times. And the store, the way we store them changes their, like, their phytochemicals. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't keep all of your produce in the fridge all yeah. the time. She showed the study of orange... So, like, going back to eating seasonally, right? Like, orange consumption out of season leads to adipose accumulation. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's crazy that plants have have a circadian rhythm, essentially, too. So, yeah, it was a lot of um, really interesting information. I loved that talk. She talked a bit about fasting, too. And... I, I liked that talk, I think, the most because it really tied everything together. It did. The energy, mitochondrial health, like kind of wrapping up like ketogenic diets, how to pulse that in. She talked a lot about pulsing it instead of long term. And Deanna Minnick, she's open to kind of every dietary mm-hmm. way of eating. And she talks a lot about how different foods have different energies. So at some points, like if you need more grounding in your life, you need more protein. You know, if you need things to be more fluid, then probably more fats. You need more like energy, like you're like internally, like more carbohydrates. So she talks about how different macros have different, you know, types of energy that Mm -hmm. correspond to how we're feeling in our bodies and our lives. So I like that, that she's, you know, very open to changing as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, a lot of science. She's very science-based. Very science. She pulled up like 30 studies studies or something. Yeah. Yeah. I would 
love to see her talk to Paul Saladino. That would be an amazing conversation. It would be so good. I'm going to... It would probably be like half a day. Suggest it. I want yeah. to suggest it to him. So, yeah. yeah. So that, that those are the talks. And then yeah. here we are. And Christina, we're how do you feel after uh, Deanna Minnick's talk about your carnivore diet? <laughs> what talk about my carnivore diet? <laughs> no, about Deanna Minnick's talk. How do you feel about your carnivore diet? Oh, after it? Yeah. So she went to Whole Foods and bought an entire container of vegetables. Okay, I multiple a, colors. I, no, I did not. I only bought <laughs> half a container of vegetables. I've been eating vegetables. Okay, I think I think we need to take it. Well, I need to explain this. I was thinking about this. I think people think that I eat certain ways because I am like hating on the other ways of eating. Mm-hmm. That's not true at all. Look, if I respond, I love plants. Mm-hmm. Like I love the taste. I love the color. I. I love them. Yeah. And if they were ca- making me feel good, I would be eating them. Like, I would love to be able to include plants. Yeah. But it's like I'm getting so inflamed with them, and my body's just not responding well to them right now. And I'm not doing the carnivore diet with the intention of never trying to incorporate them again. Like, if my body never responds mm-hmm. well to them again, then, like, that's going to be something I'm going to have to deal with. Right? Mm-hmm. I love meat, thankfully. But, like, I would love to just yeah. eat, like vegetables and no I mean I asked this question because I think it's a beautiful example of not being dogmatic about anything and being open-minded to things um like she was your favorite talk even though her talk is essentially irrelevant to your diet right now totally you know totally opposite you know I but I think everybody's so different everybody's so unique and like maybe my body right now just doesn't want plants and it wants a lot of animal protein and maybe in a year from now it's gonna want all plants and no animal pro- i don't know yeah i just have to go with it you have to be fluid you know but it definitely well. it's like i'm not immune to listening to someone and thinking oh my god this sounds amazing like after that i was like wow she talks all about color like i love color i work a lot with color with reiki like mm. colors are very important to me energy and frequency i'm big into that and, and then I start thinking like, I want all these colors in my diet, you know, like it sounds very attractive and appealing and I understand the science there, but like maybe that's too much stress on my body right now. So maybe all those plants that are like a, a good small dose of stress for other people and actually helping them mm-hmm. improve their health, maybe for me, because my stress bucket is so high right now internally, yeah, like it's just too much. And so they're not serving me. But yeah, I mean, after I was like, I really want vegetables and <laughs> then I got some vegetables and yeah. I don't feel as bad as I felt the first day. I feel like That's kind good. of okay, but I still feel this whole weekend like undernourished. Mm-hmm. Like I've gotten so used to eating so much meat that it makes me feel so nourished that when I'm not getting an excessive amount of meat, I'm, I just feel like incomplete. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? hundred percent. And I'm not like... I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, it's I mean, just like, I had two smoothies today for yeah. breakfast and lunch, and I literally felt like I was going to pass out yeah. by the time I got back. I know. I felt awful. Yeah. And I feel like I could still eat another pound of meat right now, honestly. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's it's been an interesting weekend. Yeah, it's been a wild ride. We're both wiped, but I'm glad we uh, covered all the talks. Yeah, we got, got through all the talks. So what was your favorite part of this weekend? My favorite part of this weekend was probably having ice cream with Michelle and Jeff yeah, from I, Coca-Cow. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I think all the food adventures were really fun. The food, yeah, all the food was excellent. Yeah. So, and I just love Portland. 
Portland is the best. Mm-hmm. And we got really lucky with the weather here. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Yeah, got it was some really good beautiful. walks in. Yeah. Got one rainy, cold mm-hmm. walk, but yeah overall it was a really nice weekend yeah it was a really good weekend and we are wiped but yeah yeah that's it that's it that's all we got for you (laughs) all right well we are gonna wrap up here get ready to fly back home tomorrow hopefully hopefully fingers crossed we hope you enjoyed this recap and if you want more from michelle where can they find you michelle um you can follow me at well by michelle or apparently at impact theory yeah on instagram (laughs) i'm now the face of the company just kidding tom you're all you always be the face of the company well thanks for coming back on the show michelle it's a pleasure for having me (laughs) i hope you enjoyed this recap of the 2020 nta conference and my epic trip to portland with michelle if you enjoyed this episode make sure you take a screenshot and share it on social media tag well by michelle tag wellness wellness podcast and tag me christina rice wellness and then i can say thank you it means the world to me when you guys share the episodes on social media it really helps spread the word about the podcast and if you want even more exclusive behind the scenes access make sure you check out our secret instagram page wellness realness crew and if you want access to that all you have to do is dm a screenshot of your itunes rating and review to that account wellness realness crew request to follow and when i get that dm with your itunes rating and review i'll accept your follow request and you can get in on all of my exclusive behind the scenes videos and posts that wraps up today's show thanks again for tuning in i hope you have an amazing rest of your day and i will chat with you again next episode bye